Good morning. That singing was lovely. Does your heart good? So it does just to lift it up to God. Thank you for the invitation to come along here today to your PW service. I really didn't have far to come this morning and earlier on in the year when I was sort of starting to process the thoughts of what I would do here this morning, I googled Kirkpatrick Memorial and I thought, you know, uh, I'll see what happens here. Well, do you know, I thought I might have needed my passport to get here because up came a church in New Jersey. So you'll be glad that I didn't ask for directions to get here this morning or it would have been a very early start. Um, as Christoph has said, I am a member of Orangefield on the Castlereagh Road and it's lovely to meet a few familiar faces here this morning that perhaps, you know, even have been in throughout the cafe um, where I would volunteer sometimes serving on the tables. And maybe some of you men are here this morning a wee bit reluctantly. You think PW service, that's just for the girls. Um, but actually, do you know, I just want to reassure you that you're not only here to sing the men's part of that song, <laughs> but you know, the aims of Presbyterian women are as relevant to men as they are to women of whatever age. Thank you to Anne and Christophe for the introduction here this morning. Um, but I do want to reassure you that I am a very ordinary Presbyterian woman who just happens to be president of, of um, the PW in Ireland. And if a few years ago you would have told me that I would be standing where I am now, I would be two stone lighter because I would have lost my leg off. Um, perhaps some of you ladies, even lifting the collection here this morning, were out of your comfort zone um, or doing the reading or prayer. But you know, God never lets us down. He equips those he calls, and he'll not only go with us, but he goes ahead of us. And perhaps as you, you will be, as I am, amazed at how he uses us. Many women can thank God for the influence of PW has had on their lives and how God has used it. But do you ever look back on your journey and just see how far you have come? Last year, I turned 50. And at this point, you're meant to say, your cream's working very well. But you know, for me, it was a time to look back on the highs and lows of my life and the journey that God has taken me on and the places that he has led me to and the things that I alone could never have done without him or never been capable of. And you know, getting involved with PW was one of them. As I look back on my journey, it's been women's ministry um, in my own church, in the Women's Study Fellowship course at Bible, Belfast Bible College, Focus Fest and conferences and events and gatherings like the PW Annual Meeting, God has used those to transform me by the renewing of my mind and build up my confidence and my trust in him. I believe something very special happens and very powerful when women get together to encourage and support each other. And that's why I am so passionate about women's ministry and PW in the Presbyterian Church. As a child, to let you know a wee bit about my, my journey I have been on, as a child I was sent to Sunday school and church every Sunday. But you know, I don't recall the gospel ever being mentioned. And there certainly was no mention of Jesus and the love that he had for me. It was very ritualistic. Come on Sunday and you'll be okay. 
I remember being given a special copy of Luke's Gospel as a teenager in school, and it's great that I think that still does happen in schools today. But you know, when I read that book for the first time, and the fascinating story of Jesus, I I was amazed. At the back of the book then, there was a prayer that invited me to ask the Lord into my life. And I did that. Um, But when I, what I, what I had read about Jesus had such an impact on me, you know, but I must have heard stories of great conversions about flashing lights and stuff like that. Because as I prayed that prayer, I thought nothing happened. And I can recall going back and praying it the next night and the next night and still thinking, well, nothing's happened here. So I threw the book to the side and actually just got on with my life. I thought that actually even I was such a bad person that God, even God, didn't want me. When I had my first son, that's many, many years later, I went along to the mother and toddlers group in Orangefield Church. And there I met folk who all I can say, they had something. And you know, I didn't know what that something or who it was, but I wanted what they had. I sent my own children along to Sunday school, just as my parents had done with me, because you know, I wouldn't have been a good mother if I didn't do that. And I started to go to church regularly. Now, when I say regularly, I mean, you know, Christmas and Easter and the BB and GB services and things like that. I was invited along to the women's group in Orangefield and I nervously went along, not knowing what I was letting myself in for. And you know, I gradually I've got involved in that group there. And it was one night in the middle of the meeting when a girl was sharing about her forever friend to the tune of Charlie Lansborough's, you know, the song. Now, I'm not a country and western fan, but now that song has a special place in my heart. But that girl shared just about God, how special he was to her, and he was her forever friend. And that night, the penny dropped for me that what the others had in their life was God. He was there in their lives every day and not just on Sundays. And that night as a girl spoke, I did ask the Lord into my life. And you know, I was so aware of his presence at that time. And yet when I look back on the journey I've been on from then, from reading that, praying the prayer in my bedroom on my own, I can see how God was involved in my life, even though I wasn't aware of it at the time. So here I was, a very shy, timid person, who had no knowledge of the Bible at all, and was unsure even of how to tell anyone that I'd become a Christian. And I heard about this course at the Belfast Bible College, the Women's Study Fellowship course. And you know, my ears pricked up. But you know, I thought that would only be for very clever or very holy people. Not definitely for somebody like me. But you know, God had plans. And no matter how much I protested, over a period of about five years, Um, He kept bringing this to my attention until eventually he wore me down and I said yes, I would go. Maybe here this morning there's someone that God is speaking to about learning more about him. All I can say is if God is asking you to do something, please don't turn him down as the blessings that you will receive will far, far outweigh anything you give or any sacrifice that you have to make. 
For me, it was the first time that I learned the truth. The truth about God and Jesus and how he loved me and the significance of him dying on the cross. God wasn't distant and only for Sundays. He wanted to have a real living relationship with me. And as I learned to listen to him, he spoke to me. And gradually, you know, that truth changed me. I learned that if he asked me to do something, I wasn't doing it on my own. Um, But as Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's God's word that transforms us as we study it and believe its promises. God has a plan to set each one of us free. His plan is to prosper us and do us no harm. But you know, his plan is only a possibility. We have to cooperate with him for this plan to become a reality. Just as I had to cooperate and go along to that Bible college to learn the truth there, we need to cooperate with God every single day in order for our potential to be developed. Satan works hard to destroy God's good plan for you and me And you know, for many of us, he has a high success rate. Many people learn things. Um, I learned maths at school, but anybody who knows me knows that I can't do sums at all. Many believe that Jesus did come to bring them life and all this fullness to set them free, but see little of this freedom and fullness in their lives. Perhaps, Perhaps the reason for that is we're not speaking to the right person all the time. Some people are trying to live a life of blessing in the Lord, but are still engrossed with conversation with the devil and not following the directing that God is trying to lead them on. We won't see positive results in our lives if we constantly speak negative things and have negative thoughts, and if we keep saying, I can't or I won't to him. With God, I went on to lead the women's group in Orangefield, and I've seen it grow and develop over the years. And you know, it was about nine years ago that God prompted me to get along involved centrally. Um, that's something that a few years ago I had resisted, and I'd said, no, God, I couldn't do this. But you know, God's timing was the right timing. And since then, I've met so many amazing women. I've made some super friends, And you know, it's been such a privilege to have been involved, even in the wider boards and stuff of PCI, and get a flavour of the bigger picture of what our church is doing here in Ireland and overseas. Anne told you a little earlier on there about PW, but what is PW? For those of you who don't know, PW is the established women's ministry of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. And its aim is to reach out to women of all ages and encourage them to become disciples of Christ through conferences, resources, and of course the ministry of the local group. There are over 500 groups in Ireland, all very different, but all like yours here in Kirkpatrick, seeking to be relevant to women in their congregation and area. PW produces a magazine, it's called Wider World. It has around 18,000 subscribers and I'll just tell you that not all of them are women. And um, I think it's fair to say that probably each magazine, because it's a woman's magazine, is passed around several different people. 
I've left a few spare copies on the table in the hall. Um, if you want to, you have never seen what Wider World is, pick it up, take it home. And if you like what you see, have a word with Anne. But PW wouldn't be able to do what it does if it wasn't for the support of women over the years that they have given. And certainly a big thank you goes to the women of your PW here on behalf of Central Committee for all that they've done in the past and will do in the future. The finance received through the Mission Fund enables the support of special projects each year and grants towards the work of BMO and BMI. PW also has an outreach centre in Sandy Row. It's called Friendship House. Um, it is managed in partnership with the Board of Social Witness and up until a month or so ago, it was totally funded by PW. I hope that encourages you to see that PW is more, more than a group that meets in churches, maybe monthly or fortnightly. I have a son who works in the IT infrastructure business, and that's all to do with the cables and keeping connected. And when I hear him talk about maintaining a five nines connection, I go, what, what are you talking about there? But that's a connection that's reliable and accurate to 99.99999% of the time. And that brings to mind to me what the leadership, the staff, and the Central Committee of PW are striving to do. As we listen to God's guiding, as we plan events and produce resources that are relevant to women in today's society. PW is for every woman. There are no longer any membership fees and events either in church or wider are open to all. Look out for the adverts coming up soon for our annual meetings next May. Heather Morris, um, director I think of Edgehill College, will come along and be speaking at those. And there's also a, an opportunity to come on the Friday afternoon to um, a seminar led by the author, Catherine Campbell. Why not put that date in your diary? Why not arrange to get together as a church family or a group of women together and come along? This time next year, we'll also, we're busy planning um, roadshows that will be follow up on, on a set that we did about three years ago. They'll be called Going Deeper and there will be an event in Belfast, and I'm delighted when we do roadshows because it gives us a chance to take things out away to the furthest reaches of Northern Ireland and down south to see if women travelling to Belfast all the time, to get out, to get amongst them um, and hear what's happening locally. Um, events like that are great for helping us to meet women especially from other areas, even the ones in Belfast, as we get together and see ourselves as part of the bigger picture and feel that we actually belong. Last Saturday was Mandate Saturday. I'm sure many men here um, were along last week in the Waterfront Hall. I'm sure many more will be coming next year as Christoph will be one of the big named speakers down there. But as I was leaving a carload of men into town, I have to admit, I always get very emotional on that Saturday. When I see all those men crossing the bridge into Belfast with their wee rucksacks on them, heading down there for the day, I well up, so I do. Um, there's men all coming together, heading across there to meet with God, to learn from him, to learn about each other and to encourage each other. 
something that's vitally important for men, for women, because, you know, as personal as our relationship is with God, it's never private. Dare I say that coming together on a Sunday is not enough. We need to find places of fellowship that we can be open with and encourage each other and be challenged throughout the week. Can I encourage you, if you're not already involved in any fellowship situation here in Kirkpatrick Memorial, to pray about that and ask God and yourself the question, what can I do? What am I missing out on? Perhaps because of my preconceived ideas or perhaps because of stubbornness. Together, you know, we can do so much more as we learn, come together and learn from each other. To other. And undoubtedly, where women um, dwell in unity together, there is a blessing as each age encourages the other. PW's aim is to encourage women to become disciples of Christ. But you know, it's the motto that I really love. Living for Jesus. I think that sums up what PW is about in three words. Women living for Jesus. But you know, what does that actually mean here in Ballyhackamore in the run-up to Christmas 2012 when women are busy juggling you know, their study, careers, family and caring responsibilities? A disciple is a person who has accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour and is seeking to learn from him and how he behaved and treated people through regular Bible study and reading of his word. Discipleship is God's life-changing business. He's changing us from death to life, from sin to righteousness, from a life of anxiety and uncertainty to one of peace and joy. From having only worldly purposes to having external purposes and replacing our agenda, our likes and dislikes with God's. A disciple is a follower who lays aside his own needs and puts the needs of others first. And you know, a disciple loves other disciples even the difficult ones. And you know their life bears fruit because of that, as they respond to God's Holy Spirit prompting them to examine their thoughts, words, and their actions. A disciple makes the most of every opportunity to pass on to others the difference that God has made in their life. So you know naturally how we do fellowship together and grow in our own personal faith is so important as we reach out and encourage each other and tell others about Jesus. Psalm 24 that was read for us by Hilary earlier on is in fact a hymn as we have sung too. Um, And as the people entered the temple, they sang that song as they went up the hill. It's broken into three parts. Verse one and two is the in the beginning part that makes reference to all that God made, God has made, um, and is a bit like the adoration part of our prayers. Verses three to six is a time of examination and confession. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Only he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who seeks God's face. Now that's a bit of a tough challenge, isn't it? 
But you know, we're reminded that God is at work, helping us to desire and achieve these things. And you know what I find is even the most amazing piece about that part of the passage? Is that they, in those, even in those days, they understood the importance of meeting face to face. Sadly, in our today's society, you know, with social media and Facebook friends, do you know, they're not quite enough for real relationships to form. We need to meet together um, to experience being in someone's company. A text message or a phone call just isn't the same as meeting up with someone. And you know, it's the same for with God. We can't build a relationship with him if we don't take the time to get to know him personally. If we simply rely on what others tell and say about him. The third part of Psalm 24, verses 7 to 10, is a time to take action. Lift up your head, so ye gates. Be lifted up, ye ancient doors, so that the King of glory may come in. This action is so repeated, is so important that it's repeated again twice. It's along with the explanation of who the King of glory is. Doors in ancient times were not like ours that opened sidewards. Ancient doors were like those in the castle. You know, if you've ever been the big portcullis at the front, that come, comes lifted up with chains and with pulleys. And I'm sure it would have taken great effort to lift those up. And whenever it was closed, nothing or no one would be able to enter in. Psalm 24 uses the analogy of gates or doors to illustrate the opening of our hearts. So this morning... How are your gates? Perhaps you've already given your life to the Lord and are living for Jesus, seeking for his will in your life. Perhaps your gates are flung wide open and there is no obstruction to God's will. Or perhaps you made a commitment in the past and since you've allowed your gates to rust up a little bit, perhaps with a critical spirit, bitterness or apathy, Or perhaps that commitment never actually had any impact at all on your life. I'd like us all just to ask ourselves the question, what are the bolts and the bars that are holding our gates closed? What is it that's keeping God out? What's stopping you from pulling back those rusting bolts? What's causing the obstruction this morning? Or perhaps you're someone who has never as the Good News Version says, flung wide open the door to your heart and to your life so that the King of glory, that God Almighty, Jesus, might enter in. Do you know, it's never too late. I would encourage you to make 2012 a life-changing year for you. In fact, why not today? Um, Revelation 3 and 20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What an amazing invitation. Lunch with the king. What are you waiting for? I'll be around after the service. I'm sure Christoph will be too. Or if there's somebody you know that loves the Lord, have a word with them if you're being challenged this morning. As we heard, PW's theme this year is a light of the world. 
John 8 and 12 says, Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. He states that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When I read Psalm 24, I get a vivid picture of opening big, dark, solid doors and letting the sunlight, literally the light of God's sun, come flooding into our lives in our day-to-day living and lighting up our world so that we never walk in darkness again. But then, you know, in Matthew 5 and 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and hide it and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now just imagine those same dark doors, you inside basking in the sun's light. And now you've opened the doors and you're letting your light shine out. What if we flung wide open the doors of our churches, of our groups, our homes and our lives, so that the light might shine out and be reflected in our families and in our schools, our workplaces and our community? Imagine Ballyhackamore here, not just lit up at Christmas, but all year round by the light and the love as you reach out and touch the lives of others. Coming together on a Sunday and worshipping together is extremely important, but I believe it's what happens in between times as we support and encourage each other. That's so important. So whether that's in your youth organisation, a fellowship group, PW, the bowls, prayer meeting, or simply over a cup of coffee. We've all so much experience to give. Um, We've all so many things that we can share. And we can be a great source of encouragement and support to other people when the going gets tough. As we open up our lives and we share um, about what God is doing in our lives, we'll grow, and as we grow in our personal faith, It's that that will make others want to reach out for the light as well. The children's song we sang earlier on, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine. A very simple song that contains a huge challenge to us. We sing it so easily too. But you know, God's message is simple. And it's sometimes that we make it complicated. As believers, not Not those who just go along to PW. All believers are called to live for Jesus in a way that gives light to others. Anything less is hiding our light under that bushel. Today, whether you're young or old, male or female, we must let our light shine into a world that needs to see God's love in action. We may not always feel like a light, We may even think that we're unprepared to shine. But you know, remember, as a follower of Jesus, he has already said, you are the light of the world. Let's get alongside others. Let's get together. Let's open up our lives. Let's fling wide open those gates to our heart and let the King of glory in. And you know, as he lights up our lives and everything we do, Let us reach out and touch the lives of others as we reflect his glory. 
Psalm 24 contains two Selah moments, one after verse 6 and one after verse 10. The Amplified of my version of the Bible, or as my husband would call it, the extended version, adds, pause and calmly think about to each verse where Selah appears. And as a way of shining our lights out of this building and into our community and families, Let's take a Selah moment as we pause and ponder what God has been saying to each of us this morning and use the pictures that come up on the screen now as a way to let the Spirit guide us to pray whatever God brings to mind. Remember, our prayers are not just words. There are times whenever we don't know what to pray, but it's encouraging that Romans 8 verses 26 and 27 tells us the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And as he searches our heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Let's just watch the images coming up on the screen. Let's just keep our eyes open and let's just pray for the situations and the, the photos that we see here now as God leads us to.